0: Hello my friends, this is Nikki. welcome to episode 57 of Learning About the Lord. We will be reading from Maria Valturta's Poem of the Man-God, Volume 1. Jesus is at Nazareth with his apostles, and he has been teaching them many lessons outside of Mary's house in her gardens. And at one point, Judas Iscariot asks the Lord, I would like to ask you, But are we not going back to Judea again?" And Jesus says, Who said so? And Judas Iscariot answers, You did, Master. You said that you want to prepare Joseph so that he may teach the others in Judea. Have you felt so hurt that you do not want to go there again? What have they done to you in Judea? Asks Thomas anxiously. And Peter at the same time vehemently says, Ah, I was right then in saying, That you had come back much thinner what did the perfect ones in israel do to you nothing my friends nothing more than what i will find even here says jesus if i went round the whole world i would find friends and enemies everywhere but judas iscariot i asked you to be quiet that is true says judas iscariot but no i cannot be quiet when I see that you prefer Galilee to my fatherland, you are unfair, you were honored also there. Judas, Judas, O oh Judas, says the Lord, your reproach is unfair, and you accuse yourself, giving vent to wrath and jealousy. I had done my best to make known only the good I had received in your Judea, and without lying I was able to mention such good with joy so that you people of Judea might be loved. I did so with joy, because for the word of God there is no distinction of regions, there are no antagonisms, enmities, differences. I love all men, all of them. How can you say that I prefer Galilee, when I worked the first miracles and the first demonstrations on the holy ground of the temple and of the holy city, so dear to every Israelite? How can you say that I am partial, if of my eleven disciples, or rather ten, because my cousin is one of the family, not just a friend, four are Judeans, and if I take into account also the shepherds, who are all from Judea, you can see how many friends I have in Judea. You accuse me of injustice, but examine yourself, Judas, and consider whether you are not the unjust one. Jesus has spoken with majesty and kindness. But even if he had not said anything else, the three ways in which he pronounced Judas at the beginning of his speech would have been sufficient to give Judas Iscariot a good lesson. The first Judas was pronounced by the majestic God who demands respect. The second by the master who teaches in a fatherly manner. The third was the prayer of a friend grieved at the behavior of a friend. Judas Iscariot lowers his head, mortified, but still bad-tempered and ugly-looking because of low sentiments coming to light. Peter cannot keep silent. At least beg his forgiveness, boy. If I had been in Jesus's place, you would not have got off just with words. You are more than unfair. You are lacking in respect, my fine gentleman." Is that how they educate you in the temple, or is it you that is not educable? Because if it is, then... That is enough, Peter, says the Lord. I said what was to be said. This will be a starting point for tomorrow's teaching. And now I will repeat to everybody what I told these disciples in Judea. Do not tell my mother that her son was ill-treated by the Judeans. She is already quite sad, because she has realized that I am suffering. Respect my mother. She lives in seclusion and silence. She is active only in virtue and prayer for me, for you, for everybody. Let the gloomy lights of the world and harsh quarrels be far away from her retreat, which is protected by discretion and purity. Do not put even the shadow of hatred where everything is love. Please respect her. She is brave, as you will see. BUT DO NOT COMPEL HER BEFORE HER TIME TO TASTE THE DREGS WHICH ARE THE SENTIMENTS OF THE WICKED PEOPLE OF THE WORLD, THAT IS, THE SENTIMENTS OF THOSE WHO HAVE NOT EVEN A ROUGH IDEA OF GOD AND GOD'S LAW. I SPOKE TO YOU OF THEM AT THE BEGINNING. THEY ARE THE idolaters WHO CONSIDER THEMSELVES THE WISE MEN OF GOD, AND THEY THUS ADD IDOLATRY TO PRIDE. LET US GO. NOW WE CONTINUE ON TO THE NEXT DAY. Jesus is once again teaching his disciples, whom he has taken under the shade of a huge walnut tree, situated above Mary's garden. It is a stormy day, and a storm is impending. That is probably the reason why Jesus did not go too far from his house. Mary comes and goes from the garden to the house, and each time she looks up and smiles at her Jesus, sitting on the grass near the tree trunk, surrounded by his disciples. Jesus says, I told you yesterday that today's lesson would be on what was caused yesterday by a careless word, and here is the lesson. You must consider as certain that nothing of what is hidden will remain such forever. It is either God who takes care to make known the work of one of his children by means of his miracles, or by means of the words of just people who acknowledge the merits of a brother. Or it is Satan, who, through the mouth of a careless person, reveals what good people preferred to say nothing about, so as not to provoke uncharitable situations. Or Satan distorts the truth in order to create confusion in the minds of people. Therefore the moment always comes when hidden things are made known. You must always bear that in your minds, and may it restrain you from doing evil without, however, encouraging you to refrain from doing good. How often one acts out of goodness, true goodness, but human goodness nonetheless. And one wishes it to be known to men, and one is worried and gets enraged seeing that it remains unknown and strives to make it known. No, my friends, do not do that. Do good and give it to the Eternal Lord. He knows how to make it known also to men, if it is for your own good. If instead that should impede your just actions, owing to a burst of proud satisfaction, then the Father will keep it secret, and will give you glory in heaven in the presence of all the celestial cohort. So here the Lord is saying Do good works for the greater good. Let God see your good works. But don't make it known publicly because it leads to the sin of pride. Do it in secret, do it for good purposes, do it for virtue, but don't do it for pride. And now he continues, and he says, And never judge a deed by its appearance, never accuse anyone, because the action of men may at times seem bad, and yet conceal other reasons. A father, for instance, may say to his lazy, glutton son, Go away! which may seem hard and contrary to his paternal duties. But it is not always so. His go-away is seasoned with bitter tears, shed more by the father than by the son, and is accompanied by words and by the wish that the words may be true. You will come back when you are sorry for your indolence. And it is also an act of justice with regard to the other sons, because it prevents a glutton from squandering in vice, what belongs also to the others. It is bad instead if that word is pronounced by a father who is at fault himself against God and his own children because in his selfishness he considers himself above God and deems he has rights also on the soul of his son. No, the spirit belongs to God and not even God violates the freedom of the soul which is thus free to give itself or not. All actions seem identical to the world, and yet how much one differs from another. One is justice, the other a faulty, arbitrary act, therefore never judge anybody. Peter yesterday asked Judas Iscariot, who was your teacher? Let him never ask that again. Let no one accuse the other of what one sees in anybody. Teachers have the same words for all the pupils. How is it, then, that ten become just and ten become wicked? It is because each adds of his own what he has in his heart, and that turns the scale towards good or towards bad. How can the teacher then be accused of teaching wrongly, if the good he inculcated is negatived by the excessive evil reigning in a heart? The first factor of success depends upon you. The teacher works at your ego, but if you are not susceptible to improvement, what can the teacher do? What am I? I solemnly tell you that there will be no teacher more patient, wise, and perfect than I am. And yet, also of some of my disciples, it will be said, who was his teacher? When judging, do not allow yourselves to be overwhelmed by personal reasons. Yesterday, Judas Iscariot, who loves his region more than it is fair, thought I was unfair to it. Man is often subject to such imponderable elements as love for his fatherland, or attachment to an idea, and like a kingfisher that has lost its bearings, he deviates from his destination. God is the destination. It is necessary to see everything in God, to see properly, without putting oneself or anything else above God. And if one makes a mistake, Peter and you all, do not be intolerant. Have you really never made the mistake that hurts you so much when made by someone else? Are you sure? And supposing you never made it, what are you to do? Thank God and nothing else. And watch carefully and unceasingly, so that tomorrow you will not fall into what has been avoided so far. See, the sky today is dark because of an impending hailstorm. And looking at the sky we said, do not let us go too far from home. Well, if we can judge things which, however dangerous, are nothing as compared to the danger of losing God's friendship by sinning, why can we not discern where there may be a danger for our souls?' Look, there is my mother over there. Can you conceive an inclination to evil in her? Well, since love urges her to follow me, she will leave her home when my love so wishes. But this morning, after asking me once again, because she, my teacher, used to say to me, Son, let your mother be among your disciples. I want to learn your doctrine. She, who possessed that doctrine in her womb, and even before, in her soul, as a gift of God to the future mother of his incarnate word, she said, But you decide whether I can come without losing my union with God, and without my heart being corrupted by what there is in the world, and which you say penetrates with its stench, because my heart has always been, is, and wants to be only of God. I search my heart, and as far as I know, I think I can do it, because, and at this point she unknowingly gave herself the highest praise, because I find no difference between the spotless peace I enjoyed as a flower in the temple, and the peace I have now within me, now that I have been a housewife for over thirty years. But I am an unworthy servant who does not know the things of the Spirit well, and is even less capable. Of judging them. You are the word, she said, the wisdom, the light, and you may be the light of your poor mother, who is agreeable not to see you any longer, rather than not to be grateful to the Lord. And I had to say to her, while my heart trembled with admiration, Mother, I tell you, it is not you that will be corrupted by the world, but it is the world that will be purified by you. My mother, as you have just heard, has been able to see the dangers of living in the world, dangers also for her, and you, men, should you not see them? Oh, Satan is really lying in wait, and only those on the alert will win. And the others? You are asking about the others? For the others it will be as it was written. What was written, Master? one asks. And Jesus says, and Cain set on Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother? What have you done with him? The voice of his blood is crying to me. Now you shall be accursed on the earth that has tasted human blood at the hands of a brother. And that horrid thirst of the earth for human blood will never cease. And the earth poisoned by that blood will be more sterile than a woman withered by age. And you shall be a fugitive, seeking peace and bread, and you shall not find them. On account of your remorse, you shall see blood on every flower and blade of grass, on all waters and food. The sky will seem blood to you, and the sea, blood, and from the sky and from the earth and the sea, three voices will reach you, the voice of God, the voice of the innocent, and the voice of the demon and you will kill yourself not to hear them. Genesis does not say that remarks Peter. So here you can see that Jesus is speaking of Judas Iscariot and of what he's going to encounter after he betrays the Lord and the Lord is taken and tortured and crucified and Judas trying to flee from the voices of God, the voice of the innocent, which is Jesus, and the voice of the demon kills himself. Jesus continues, No, Genesis does not say that, but I do, and I am not mistaken, and I say so for the new Cain's of the new Abels, for those who, not watching over themselves and the enemy, will become one thing with him. So Jesus says, if you don't watch out for the devil, you will become one with him. He lies in wait for you. You must be very, very careful not to align yourself with evil. And John says to the Lord, But none of us will be such. Is that right, Master? John, says the Lord, When the veil of the temple will be torn, a great truth will be written brightly all over Zion. Which truth, my Lord? asks John. And Jesus answers, That the children of darkness have in vain been in touch with the light. Remember that, John. So who are the children of darkness? Judas Iscariot and others like him. They have been in vain in touch with the light. They did not learn from the light. They did not become Christians. They did not become true believers in God. And then John asks, Will I be a son of darkness, master? No, says Jesus, not you. But remember that to explain the crime to the world. Which crime, Lord? asks John. Cain's? No, says Jesus. That is the first chord of Satan's hymn. I am referring to the perfect crime, the inconceivable crime, the one to understand which it is necessary to look at it through the son of divine love and through Satan's mind. Because only the perfect love and the perfect hatred, only the infinite good and the infinite evil can explain such offer and such sin. Do you hear that? Satan seems to be listening and shouting out of the desire to commit it. Let us go before the cloud bursts with lightning and hailstones. And they run down the cliff, jumping into Mary's garden while the storm begins to rage. Jesus is warning the Apostles that the world with Satan will reject him and that he the Redeemer will be killed that the world will not understand the light of God the Word of God and will turn against him. He says the world will not understand the offer which is the offer of Jesus's life, his innocence, his offer to take the sins of the world onto himself in order to be able to open the doors of heaven to humans once again, to human beings, to their souls once again, and that the inconceivable sin of turning the offer of the Lord into a betrayal and into a crucifixion. This is what is to come. So I thank you all for joining me Remember what the Lord says, God is the destination. Go out into the world and remember your virtues and remember your Ten Commandments and be kind to one another. I ask the Lord to bless you. Thank you for joining me.